This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We have some great news. One of your co-hosts had a movie that they star in actually get released just this past Friday. And that is not me. That's Connie Shin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's great news. I'm super excited for you. The movie that you are in that everybody can rush out to see is I Do Until I Don't, which was written, directed, and stars Lake Bell. It's her second feature. Um, it looks great. So, but let's let's talk about Connie. How, let's. How did you get involved in this movie? I'm mean, assuming it's just the standard Hollywood story of auditioning. But how did you get involved? Um. Uh. So okay. <laughs> uh, I auditioned for it. Um. The I found out later that the people that were casting for it, they actually saw me in a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade. That's wonderful. And they chose me for it, and I was like. Um, I would love to know what show it was. Oh, you don't know? No, I don't. I'm very curious about yeah. that. I mean, you are very funny, so I understand uh, why you would p- p- call attention. I, I would just love to know what show it was, so to be like, what was it from that show that they were like, hey, let's cast her in a part in a movie. That's great. Um, but Could yeah. be any show. You're wonderful. Could be any show. Oh, Dave, you're too kind. I'm not too kind. I'm just telling the truth. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, I was delighted to get this part. I play the part of Mel, a camera operator slash assistant to a person, a woman uh, making a documentary about marriage and mm-hmm. whether or not it should be renewed after seven years. Oh. Yeah. All so right. the permanence of marriage. Permanence of marriage. Big, uh, heavy subject. Yeah. And the documentarian's name is... Um, well, she's played by Dolly Wells. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's this delightful British actress that I was knew from the show uh, Luxury Comedy, Noel Fielding's show. And um, she's also in... Um, Blunt Talk. Talk. There, Blunt Talk. She, uh, she's delightful. And um, I play her assistant, who's a lesbian. And so you get to see me play a lesbian, probably not for the last time, if we're going to be honest. All right. And, um, Hey man, you got to take that. You got to get yourself. Yeah. Being typecast is only a gift. You I, get to eventually break. And I they, mean, I mean, I'm not offended by it. I can totally see it at the time when I was cast for, I had very short hair. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm glad it worked in my favor. <laughs> yeah, it did. And uh, interesting enough, like uh, the part was actually originally written for Tig Notaro. Oh, really? Tig was in uh, Lake's first film in a world. And um, so I guess like when she was writing this, she wrote it with Tig in mind. Oh, cool. And uh, I remember on certain days of shooting when looking at the sides, my my sides would actually just say Tig on them sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. You're Tig. You're Tig Natara. So You're... I was just like, holy shit. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, everyone was lovely. Oh, the cast. It has an amazing cast. Yeah, it really does. I mean, let's look here. Ed Helms, Marie Stein and Steinbergen Bergen. We're butchering her name always, but she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Paul Reiser, mm-hmm. Amy Heard, Wyatt Sinek. Oh, I, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. That was my fault. Wyatt uh, Sinek. Wyatt Sinek. Who else? Uh, Chase Crawford. Ooh. There's, it's a great cast. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful that you're part of it. Yeah, I was so, like, I could not believe when I saw the cast. I was like, really? Really? Is this your, is this your first yes, feature this is, film? this is. That's amazing. Yeah. Congrats on that, Connie. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, so, like, I had no way to gauge. I'm like, is this normal? I have no idea. Who cares? There's, you shouldn't gauge. It's your first. What, is there some moment or some anecdote or anything that you remember that you like to share with people? Oh, that God. From when you're in production. Uh, there's so many moments. Um, uh, oh man, it's, uh, it's so surreal. Like, um, <laughs> cause it all happened so quickly. Like I auditioned, got a call back, got a call that day saying I got it. And they're like, great wardrobes like tomorrow. Oh, wow. You're meeting with like tomorrow to rehearse it. And I'm That's like, awesome. I remember it was a scramble because I was like, I need to print this goddamn script out. I need to read it. I need to bring options for wardrobe. They ended up not using any of my wardrobe, but um, I was like, fuck, I need to do laundry. Meeting with uh, Lake and the next day was so surreal because I was familiar with her. Mm-hmm. I saw her in Children's Hospital. I saw her in um, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. So I was just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And uh, I saw her movie on Netflix. So I was just like, holy I, I can't like she called me before I met her and I was like this is it was hard not to freak out for sure you and I bet you you got to freak out as soon as you hang up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um oh I, I I I got I was lucky enough to get scenes with all the people that we mentioned mm-hmm. and um Paul Reiser he I didn't know this but I don't know why I wouldn't I would know this but he smokes a cigar every day apparently like one cigar a day or throughout the day he has one cigar that's always going <laughs> at least one cigar a day <laughs> okay and I he would be outside of his trailer smoking a cigar and then I'm like oh is it a special occasion <laughs> and he's like that is adorable. That's so funny. That's, I, that's super cute. I because <laughs> I I'm not around people that smoke cigars. Like I'm people, not, I, neither am I. Like my no one in my family smokes, and no, I've never been. I don't hang around cigar smokers. Yeah. So, so I was just I don't know why I assumed that he just heard about someone having a baby or something. But I'm like, oh, what's the occasion? And he's just like, that's that's very cute. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, everybody should go out of their way to see Connie Shin and I Do Until I Don't. Mm-hmm. It's getting written, directed, and starring Lake Bell and a mm-hmm. wonderful cast in mm-hmm. addition to all of that. It just came out on Friday night. Go out, check your local listings, all that stuff, and see it. See this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, I wish it all the success. I hope it becomes, I feel people love it, whether that means it's, uh, you know, blows up or if it's a little cult classic I wish it all success Mm -hmm. but moving on to this uh, week's episode we are um, this is one of the last episodes 
probably uh, one of the last. This is the last episode that with with a guest that will only include myself, not Connie. Uh, but it's a great episode with a wonderful guest about a cult classic. So let's go on to that this episode with Erica Curry. <laughs> I'm here with Erica Curry. Hello. Um, and we just watched Phantasm, mm-hmm. the 1970s. 1979. Great. So uh, before we start jumping into it, for our listeners out there that might ha- have never seen this movie like myself prior to tonight, um, can you give us a quick um, short synopsis of what we watched? Because yeah. you, because you've seen this movie prior to today. Yes, me. I've seen this movie growing up. I own it, and I've seen the the trilogy. Um, so it's it's a three set. Um, so uh, Phantasm is the journey of a young boy, and uh, his parents have passed away, and he's attending a friend's funeral. Well, he's not allowed to attend a friend's funeral, and he sees something suspicious. With the mortuary. Feel free to spoil anything. Okay, so, so he this sees is a podcast about spoiling. The tall man lift a coffin that took six grown men and throw it back into the hearse, and he's like, "Something's up." Uh, and then it's there's something going on within the mortuary, and him and his older brother are trying to figure it out. But his older brother is only in town for the funeral, and he's afraid that his brother's going to leave him. So he's constantly following his brother around. Well, then people start dying and disappearing, and there's something up in that mortuary with the tall man. Uh, this is my one of my favorite cinematic things ever, which are these silver spears that's one thing people might know this movie if they know nothing else is there's these silver balls that follow people around and can implant their head and kill them (laughs) yeah Uh, this is the only thing i knew before tonight uh about this movie. So it's probably the visual of the tall man and then those silver, those yeah. spheres that fly around. But keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, so it's just, it's, uh, you know, thematically it's about abandonment and watching and what's happening. Uh, it's set in a small town. No one's really given a huge backstory, which is great. There's no exclamation as to why this character suddenly in our lives. Uh, you see some nice boobies, uh, <laughs> like some old 70s hard-ass implant boobies. Uh, there's fucking in, fun- in, 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 in cemeteries. Uh, there's a lot of uh, intimacy amongst men, like like brother and brother embracing, which you, I don't feel like it was a very vulnerable thing that you don't see. And, yeah. and just even friendships of just like strong embrace. Yes. Uh, and there's some badass hearse car chase scenes. It's... <laughs> It's incredible. Great, great. Um, it's a hard. I, I can. It's a hard movie to just to give a quick synopsis about. Yeah, because there's a, a lot, lot in it, and it's and it says we'll get into the the. But it's almost like if it's a trilogy, I feel like it's just the first act. Then, yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. But great. Before we jump into my impressions or my experience mm-hmm. watching this tonight, uh, why did you, Erica, want me to see this movie? Uh, so growing up, I had uh, a big family, but I had like one cool uncle, like cool aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And so when I would spend the night at their house, I would get to stay up late watching movies or uh, watching TV. And there was this series on TNT called Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. And he was a critic out of Austin. And so what he would do is he would double bill a show uh, so it'd be like bad B movies or like campy westerns or 
weird sci-fi movies, mostly horror though. Mm-hmm. And he would show the top one up first, and then there was Joe Bob's Last Call, which was the second movie. So it would last all night. Right. Like this would be your Friday, your Saturday night. And uh, Joe Bob was just this like cool guy, and he had this fake set, and he would do these tallies at the beginning. So he would say, "All right." For Phantasm 2, we've got eight boobies, two car chases, one beheading, one... He would do these, like, tallies to tell you what you're about to get into. And they would talk about the movie or the director, and, you know, like, John Waters would be a guest. And, uh, you know, it would just be very... Like, uh, other other people would... I'm just trying to remember, because it's impossible to find episodes now, but, like, what I remember being like, who's that? That guy looks interesting. I grew up in a really small, like, country town, and I was like, that guy doesn't look like anybody I've seen before, and so then I got into John Waters. But, That's cool. But I would watch these these B movies on, on Friday nights, and when my aunt and uncle had gone to sleep, and then, you know, sometimes they had seen them, sometimes they hadn't, but a lot of my love for movies came from, like, Joe Bob and his whole kit, you know, like, campy yeah. persona and stuff. That's really cool. Like, because um, I didn't, I didn't grow up with cable. Mm-hmm. Any my all growing up, only my cable experience, especially with early TNT, was like if I stayed at somebody else's house, like a friend that had cable. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when my brother in his first marriage, I remember staying at his his first wife's house, parents' house, like at night, mm-hmm. and they had cable. And I remember staying up late trying to catch boobs or something. Yeah. And I remember TNT had always like, it was like TNT or Cinemax that I was like, ooh, I'm going to maybe. Yeah. And I remember one time, and I still in my brain remember this, but can't, I'd have to do research to figure out what it was. I remember seeing an advertisement on one of those late night channels for a sh- an adult show but it was like a multi-cam sitcom, but it happened to have nudity in it. And I remember oh. like the scene for the advertisement was like a couple in their bedroom talking and the wife was just casually like topless or something. And I remember that always sticking in my mind, but I've never taken the time to try to find out what that show was. Yeah. See, what's funny is I saw this movie again probably like 10 years ago because I showed somebody in college, but I get the trilogy of this movie like the timelines mixed up uh-huh. so i was so excited to see there's a there's an explosion in one of them and i was like oh i can't wait to for for dave to see the explosion and then it was like oh no that's like in the third movie right? oh yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot of stuff from my childhood that i'm like did i invent that you know are we am i i'm obviously remembering a memory of a memory of a memory and sometimes i'm like i think i just invented that after seeing something and remembering it so many times yeah and i think that your perception has changed over time because mm-hmm. we we just we remember things differently because I recently played a game, a board game with a friend and uh, this old game called Cathedral, the medieval strategy game. Mm-hmm. They were telling me about it. When when she pulled it out of the box, she was like, I remember this being so much bigger. Like the actual game, physical game. Yeah. She's like, it's so small to the comparison of what yeah. my memory had. And that's like a fascinating thing is I think we just do that. Yeah. There's moments in movies that we remember differently and then you go back and you see that or visits a pl- location that your yeah. kid saw so it becomes such grandiose in your head then when you visit again later on you're like oh this doesn't feel the same this isn't the same but it's because yeah. your perception is different physically your perception especially yeah. if you're younger you're we're literally physically smaller <laughs> yeah i remember i mean the tall man is tall in this series but he was a giant <laughs> you know my memory of him was yeah. like oh my and then when I watched it in college, I was like, oh, he's tall. And now I'm like, that's a, that's probably he's like six, 
six yeah. seven. He's not a he's probably as tall as Penn or something yeah, from Penn and Teller. You exactly. know, just like, I've improvised with people as tall as him. <laughs> yeah. They're not that they're not creepy. They're not creepy. <laughs> but there's something about him that's so menacing and Yes. Um, well, he will we'll definitely get into yeah. detail of the tall man because he is very menacing and yeah. he's a great uh, horror image. Yeah. Um, it's cinematically great in this. But yeah, the, I wanted to say, did you think, do you think that, do you think you saw them in the right order originally or did you see like see, that's what out I'm, of order? I'm wondering order? if I saw them out of order because I remember I, I saw one of them and then I, I I've since then collected them all and, and watched them but I would just catch what I could of, of Joe Bob's show when I had access to TNT at my Uncle Gary's house you uh-huh. know because uh, I was I was thinking uh, I was excited there's an explosion so at one point in the series they explode a house well they only had one house so they shot it from like 19 different angles just so they could to make sure they had it oh wow yeah, yeah. that's how you do it and yeah and like the car I remember the car differently. There's a there's a, a Barracuda with a Hemi motor in it that's like so beautiful and so rare. Yeah. Um. And and this could be none true. My uncle told me it was little. It was so rare they couldn't get insurance on it, like because it was one of those cars. Right. And I was just like, fact. Never check that out. Assume it's true today. So do you, does that mean the production couldn't get insurance on it, or I think just like if in you general, owned it, you if own you, it? If, if, if me and you owned a car. We it would okay. have to sit in the garage because it's so. You wouldn't high. go drive it because right. if you got cry, if it got, you'd lose it completely. You'd lose it completely. You couldn't. Wow. Yeah, but really? I, I think crazy I did barracuda? watch him out of order, and then I've watched him since since to piece it all together. Okay, great. There's a lot more orbs in Phantasm too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I I feel like I expected there to be more of that, mm-hmm. but it makes sense that in later but even we're, sparingly, it's still so scary oh yeah it's very shocking and very uh it comes out of left field and you're like okay so yeah let's jump right into this (laughs) being my first time tonight seeing this movie and the only thing i knew of it was the genre it came from Mm -hmm. of knew it was a cult classic Mm -hmm. from over the years i've seen maybe the cover of it Mm um this movie is Entertaining, but also perplexing on like how to react to it because, especially in a culture where now, and I've sort of like over time embraced more of like the the midnight movie. I'm mm-hmm. more like we're just more of a versed culture. We're not like in the 70s or 80s of of midnight movies. Mm-hmm. Now it's like no, we gotta we appreciate this stuff a little bit yeah. more for what it was. Um, there's so much oddities and just like you have to like if you don't if you're not willing just to let things slide with this movie I think you would immediately like I couldn't sit down and show this to like a family members no no way would my sister-in-law watch this movie <laughs> and be like I'm okay with it yeah they'd be like well, I don't know what the hell's there's going on there's a million on. things that are just out of like lo- logic that exists in this world that's just explained so flatly that you're like, no, n- no, that's not. You didn't set that up in the first. Day. You know, there's, yeah. there's just things that come out of nowhere, and then you have to just go, oh, okay, that's a thing that exists. Yeah, and I think <laughs> if I didn't play with that and allow myself to laugh at that, but keep it, let it go, mm-hmm. you would totally just not want to watch this movie. Oh yeah, you'd almost consider it unwatchable. Right. But I think over time, this is like it's become a genre, and it's weirdly in itself mm-hmm. of like yep these are the kind of movies that are made that people enjoy wholeheartedly 
And maybe more so, these movies are more enjoyable when you're in an audience, I would say. Yeah, like, I couldn't like watch group. this. I don't know if I'd have the same experience watching this even by myself versus mm-hmm. watching it next to you. Mm-hmm. See, the, the context that I had with it the first time I saw it, and then, you know, it's been different every time, but I had... I had Joe Bob. I had commercial breaks. I had him doing interstitial kind of like commentary, mm-hmm. intro and outro of, yeah. you know, a 17 minute clip of the movie. And then him saying, this is what we just saw in his hilarious accent or, you know, in him giving context of this is how it was shot. I know that the explosion was shot by all these different cameras from him. You know, like, that's not something I looked up in the production notes or found on Wikipedia. Like, that's all memories I have from 20 years ago watching it the first time and him being like, they had to make sure this happened. And, you know, I know know these little details from somebody doing it. So I think maybe my enjoyment is padded with the memories of the first time I saw it because I had context just given to me. Right. I think that's a great way to experience something for the first time. I think Mm. you were very lucky because now we do have like Wikipedia and all these things. Mm. But in a lot of sense, the Wikipedia is something that we tend to go to after. Yeah. Right. Like you were going into watching a movie with giving you facts and then you got to experience movie. And I was watching this is random. It's like what uh, TCM will do. With yeah. their movies now, and I was—I've seen this movie prior. Um, last night, I, for randomly while I was like eating dinner, turned on uh, some like it hot, mm-hmm. and the guy was just giving random facts. And there was a fun mm-hmm. fact in there about like Tony uh, Jerry Lewis turned to roll down in that movie, apparently. And then there was rumors that for years, apparently, I uh, Billy Wilder would send. On Jerry Lewis's birthday, a card every year that said you you schmuck to kind of make fun, <laughs> give him a hard time that like, you didn't take the role I offered yeah. you for this hit movie I made. Yeah. And was then a Tony, pe- Tony Curtis took it, right? I think it was Tony yeah. Curtis took yeah. it. And then Tony Curtis, the rumor is that Tony Curtis kept, would continually to send Jerry Lewis a thank you card. That's <laughs> fan. That makes the enjoy. That makes and, the movies better to yeah. me. Yeah, and it also is like. It's such a fun anecdote that I don't think I want to... It's better for... I would think the experience of hearing a guy before the movie tell me that mm-hmm. is better than me reading that. Okay. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I could read that on Wikipedia oh, yeah. or something, but the fact that I'm just listening to a guy relay that information to me and is even, more enriching before I watch the movie. Yeah, there's something about a verbal... like, And then when you hear him say it, and he's probably saying it like a presenter and kind of somewhat... You know, charismatic but flat. But what I picture is a guy sitting around a steakhouse with two cigars, with like fifteen men and women pawning over all of his words. And he's the he's the star of the table. He's that guy going, "Okay, every year I send him a thank you." Yeah. You know, there's something about and when you hear it, you you get the context of this is his, one of his like Hollywood stories that he gets to yeah. tell. Like, so the kid stays in the picture, and this is how I do yeah. it. You know, so that's there is something about hearing information that just yeah i love those like that those anecdotes are just so fun to hear about especially filmmaking um and you brought up like the kid stays in the picture like that movie is a classic example that documentary of like this is how it got in hollywood was like a guy told me to get rid of me and then one person's like the kid stays in the picture and it's like you don't and those stories are so fun because you can't there's never a there's never going to be a way to fact check it you no. just take it as like it's fact. It becomes word God. Myth- it's gold yeah. to me. And it becomes mythology. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go on a runner because there's like, did you ever? Do you watch any of the ESPN 
documentaries at all? I've watched like, the 30, 30 for 30. 30. Yes. I've watched like a, co- a handful. Did you by chance watch the Bo Jackson one? I have not. It's really good, but one of my favorite things is there's all these fun stories about Bo Jackson as a kid. Like, that just in his neighbor, in his town, everybody thought he was just this mystical kid that was good at everything and athletic. He, so he's known to like go hunt boars and then <laughs> known for jumping over ravines that of were course. on. And you're just like, I love the fact that like that never, no one calls it out. No. They just take it as like, yeah, I know that, 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 that kid Bo, Bo Jackson did that. <laughs> yeah. I love that kind and of story. And that's like kind of like fun about like learning stuff about cinema yeah. or experiences on like yeah. you're on set. Like and also that. teaches us how we tell story, what, what stories are, I mean, movies are story. We, yeah. we tell them visually. We tell them with, you know, it, it says something about us that like we have to hold on to that and like how important, I mean, we have language to tell stories in so many ways. So it's like that adds to what yeah. we're seeing so much. I love it. And, it, yeah. and having it passed down over time. Oh, over yeah. Time. And there's myths in my own family. And I'm like, bullshit. But I'm going to hear it a million yeah. times and believe every sin of it. Even yeah, though I'm exactly. like, that feels like an impossible feat. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it's it's like, we. Th- I mean. Do you have any like myth that like stands out to you that you know of? Uh, my dad was like a he- like he's such a like a straight arrow the rules are the rules kind of uh-huh. guy now he was a hellion when he was a kid <laughs> like would outrun highway patrol on purpose like it was a game they wouldn't shoot you they didn't think you had meth in the- you know they would just it was a sport to them yeah so my dad has all these legends and stories and I'm like even if a grain of them are true you know like running a highway patrol and then parking in the barn and then you know getting in another car and driving away so that when the highway patrol saw him he's like oh oh that must not have been the kid he was in a red car now yeah. and you're like what that's insane <laughs> like, that's like movie level stuff and, that, yeah. and the highway patrols would be like fun games like good sport yeah. you know they love that kind of thing I mean he because like, he stopped telling stories when I got like in junior high and high school because uh-huh. he realized like oh my daughter's the age of when I started can't tell her these. I she can't tell her these anymore, but I remember them from when I was yeah. little. And then sometimes I'll get my – and what's fun is hearing his story and then hearing my grandma's story. And she's like, this is the truth. And ah. here's how it happened. But everyone's truth is the truth. You know, yeah. I, I've heard parcels of stories and then I hear it from another person in the family like, well, here's what really happened. He lost a pool game and that's why he had – and you're like, oh. All oh, those different points of views. That's oh, great. Oh, that sheds context onto why he did X, yeah. Y, and Z. and. It, Oh, yeah. That's great. I love yeah. that. The only one I can think of immediately off in my family is I think it was my an Uncle Tom in my on my dad's side. And this is a really great story where he was sort of always like you saw that movie Big Fish. Yeah. They'd always when the, when that movie came out, my parents would always compare this that character to this guy. He said he always used to tell spin big stories and never be like, You're full of shit, oh, shit. Tom. Like whatever. And apparently one year he kept talking about how he got invited to like the fucking Oscars. And they live in Utah, Salt Lake City. (laughs) And he's like, no, I got an invitation to the fucking Oscars. And somebody's, I might be mixing it. I think it was the Oscars, not like a presidential inauguration. But it might be one of the two. But I'm going to say Oscars for for my memory. Yeah. But... Apparently they're like bullshit, Tom. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. You don't. You're 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 full of it. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, apparently, and my my parents were said they were present for this. He goes, look at this. Goes into his bedroom, comes out, pulls out, and shows everybody the invitation to the Oscars. And they're like, well, Well, damn it! Yeah, like we were put in our place in this one thing. I have a a great uncle Frank. It's a second step cousin, but he was a he was in the pictures. 
Uh-huh. As his work, you know, he's like 80, walks everywhere, lives in Palm Spring, but he did stunt work back in the day. I love that you just said it just real quick. You said he was in the pictures. Like you, yeah. But I love that you're talking like you're from the 40s. But yeah, go on. That's, that's how he still said <laughs> yeah. it. I was in the pictures. I did this on this. I love you know, that. Yeah. And, and you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, you can watch him on film. Uncle Frank's not full of shit. But did that story happen that way? Yeah. But, well, Uncle Frank's the only one left to tell it. So that is the way it happened. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I love that's it. That's wonderful. Stories are great, and yeah. that's why we keep telling them. Yeah, um, great. But so back, like this story that they're telling in yeah. in Phantasm is out there. Like, yeah, it is out there. Like, it's a lot, and leaves you even at the end with a lot of questions. So that's that's, the that's cool how thing. I felt from it. Like, I'm laughing at a lot of the camp in it. Yeah, which I didn't like. It wasn't. This is the thing. Is like I think sometimes these movies can get be categorized as like bad movies that happen to be campy and, we, mm-hmm. and like people are like this is so bad you like it I would say Phantasm for me didn't fall into this is a bad movie that's why we should enjoy no, this I mean, it fell to me like yeah there's such beautiful shots that yeah. I'm like you can see like other filmmakers why they enjoy this and they emulate it yeah in a sense yeah some of the shots it's definitely that 70s feel where like there's certain shots at night you're like I don't know the light source but I don't care I don't care <laughs> like clearly there's no explanation of where the lighting's coming and, from and but it looks daytime cool daytime shots and you're like was there not a bounce were bounces invented yet <laughs> it's day and everyone has shadow like yeah. what is happening I don't care <laughs> yeah because it looks it cool it looks cool <laughs> there's a guy that drives an ice cream truck I Reggie. love that kind of t- those touches because yeah. it's just like you wonder, like, is that a choice in the script, or is that made by the means of the film? Because right. this is clearly like an independent, independent '70s independent film. Yeah, like what was available, and somebody's like, "My uncle has an ice cream truck. Let me make a call." Yeah, like or, I, <laughs> or I love the idea that, like, in my script, I want this guy to be an ice cream truck, and they went and made that happen. <laughs> Either way, made, it's such. Yeah, decisions were made, yeah. and like allowances happened, and yeah. there's an ice cream truck driver. Uh, so, with a ponytail. With a bald spot and a ponytail. I call him like Bobo Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, he's very, you called that out yeah. while we're watching it. And it's very, he very much is like a Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Dwight Yoakam is a good he's actor, a surprisingly. Actor. Like, it's so, it's I would have so, never yeah. known until, like, I think, yeah. is it Sling Blade where he sort of made his Sling like, Blade, he did great. He does great in Panic Room. I've never seen Panic Room. Oh, he's so, great in it. Um, but I love him as he's a sheriff. I think he's a sheriff in uh, the three. The three uh, deaths, or like the three, yeah, the three deaths of, I, it's a Spanish name, and I'm gonna butcher it, but it's the movie that yeah. Tommy Lee Jones uh, like directed, which I think is a very underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in that as a sheriff. I don't yeah. know if you saw that movie, but I, the three burial, I think it's the three burials of, and it's just, I can't think of the Spanish name that, <laughs> but it's a great, go check it out. Yeah. It's a great movie, or Mexican name, whatever. Uh, but it's a great movie. And Dwight Yoakam is awesome, yeah. in it, I think. Uh, but this guy, this guy's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know his name. He just serves the plot. He's the pal of the older brother, Joe. Yeah, there's a moment where you think he died in a, like, and he so, like, just goes along with the madness. And he's just like, oh, I'm in. Okay, there's yeah, strange like- dwarfs. Their words, not mine. Yeah, I love There's strange age. dwarf slaves and a yeah. tall man. I'm in. Uh, his, his, um, physicalities are great throughout this movie. He like locks a door and he really like shakes oh. the keys to let you see like I locked it. Yeah, like I have the key. I got the key. Choices like that are so funny to me because I want to go 
can we go back to like before? I wish I could be present for the moment before the take because I'm like, is that a choice from the actor or is the director going? I need you to hold it up and show us. Really show that you it. Have I, the key. I love when I'm when I'm. I mean, cho- choices. I mean, not to get into like acting, but like I love being like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing for somebody at home to see. Hopefully, like I hope they use this take. I'm gonna do this little thing that's like. Ooh. It's still in line. Like you wouldn't notice it, but if you're like right. a little bit savvy, it's like that's for you. That's, that's for so you to see. Fun. I'm doing this. So you want to be in B? You want to be a B movie actor? Oh, I would kill. <laughs> I would ki- like this movie. I'm like, I looked at you and I was like, it was not hard to get roles back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the acting. I mean, it was oh, it's very worst. dry. It's very it's, dry. Sometimes you're just like, it's 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 funny because like we are in an age. Where most actors, especially like commercial wise, like just drop everything. You just be natural. But mm-hmm. they also want it full. Mm-hmm. You have to have life. Mm-hmm. It feels like these kind of sometimes these actors in these B movies, it's like do less. And then they just don't do anything. anything. <laughs> like, yeah. and you're like, okay, that person's just going to yeah. say words without anything behind them. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And it makes it creepy and it makes it odd. It does put off puts. So you're like, I don't know if that's a choice, but it's yeah, doing something he does thematically. An, when they, they figure out what's happening, he does another like, like shake oh, his that fist. Oh, that moment, that moment. Because like, let's talk, let's dive into yeah. like the, the, I don't, un- I'm just going to have to say it. <laughs> I don't understand the rules of Phantasm. But even by the yeah. end of the movie, it's not like, I didn't come out going, yeah. That's a crazy world, and here are the rules. I went, I don't know the rules in the movie. The credits are rolling. <laughs> the credits are rolling. I don't understand the world. No. There is a world, There's, and it's very clear. Sure. That the, whoever created it, it's very clear, but I have no, no fucking idea. clue. So there's this uh, cemetery and, and mortuary called Morningside. Which you were like morning, like we were morning. Morning, and like, them, oh, but it spelled like, like good morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, Morningside and and. And there's a room and and there's this this statue overhead. So, you know, this this room's significant. There's like a figure of heads yeah. of statue heads above it. And you're like, oh, so by the end of the movie, we get in and we discover there's these barrels of shrunk down corpses to their word. By the way, dwarf size. They never show like a visual shot of like a like one no. of the dwarves or the corpses in those. You just see Jody, the older brother of the two leads, looking into it, and he goes, "They're dwarves." It's like, just, he just barrels visually, on barrels on barrels yeah. stack, and they they do they do a lot of like this is what I'm seeing, and they don't see it. And you're yeah. like, do we just not have the money? Probably. Uh, probably not. And they just had to be like, uh, the girls escaped. Oh, my they- God. Okay, <laughs> we're going to be all over the place right now, listeners, yeah. because this movie has so much. If you haven't seen it, I, I highly suggest it. But there's just so many funny moments like that where, like, clearly it's just restraint. It's budget restraints yeah. or just you. It's that thing of, like, I we don't have the means to make something happen, so we have to get it in dialogue mm-hmm. where there's a scene before this moment before we get into this white room that will explain more of the world which I have we'll get into <laughs> but we we get into this before this there's after they have like had, we discover that like these little creatures that we thought were running around from the beginning like little shadows and like they look like to me Jawas just evil vicious yeah, like, Jawas yeah and they're peop- they're dead people that have been they're dead. We don't know yet they've been shrunk down because that just gets told us at one point. But they're at least they're the dead people have been made into these dwarf things that are attacking people. They 
what one they capture and put it into the ice cream truck of our good friend Reggie. Mm-hmm. Then the truck is found to be tipped over when uh, the other uh, what is his is it what is it Scott no no what's the Mike. Other? Mike 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 the youngest brother is with these two random girls that he was sent to go to hang out in an antique shop. They said, oh, we'll put him at the antique shop. He'll be safe there. Yeah. Cut Which, to two random blondes. Blondes hanging out with this young boy <laughs> in an antique shop. He oh. discovers a, a picture a picture of the tall man from long ago. Um, so it's, oh my God. This Oh, he's been around forever. For ages. And <laughs> so then they're, they're rushing back to the mortuary and they come upon that that ice cream truck tipped over to discover that the thing got free. Um, then, then they get attacked and lo and behold, the two little midget guys attack the car. The girls are screaming, but he's attacked so hard that Mike is pushed out the back window of a small, it's a Volkswagen it's a bug. <laughs> so that's a tiny window that he smashed and he's pushed out through, so falls hard. out. Then the car drives away with the two girls screaming. Yeah. So we're like, what happened to those girls? Lo and behold, Reggie shows up right before they entered the white room and explains to us in exposition real quick <laughs> that, oh, I found two random girls. And also, not just the two we met, but a couple of others. I don't know where they came from. I don't know where they came from. But I, oh, are they dead? And then Mike's like, were they dead? No. But I let him out. I let him out like a door, the back door. They ran that. like scattered rabbits. Yeah, scattered rabbits out of here. <laughs> You're just like, okay. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. So there's there's also a scene at the beginning. So funny. The, the little brother. So their their parents have died. Jody and Mike's parents have died a couple years ago. And then a friend dies at the beginning. And that's why Jody's back in town. Yeah. So uh, the little brother, his older brother said, you're too shook enough to come to the funeral. It's too hard on you. Right. So he witnesses everything through binoculars from afar. So he goes to this psychic healer's home. And it's it's a young girl, and you're like, okay, cool. Again, very dry, flat acting. And then you see Grandma, who looks dead, wheeled in a room full of candles and pentagrams, and and she's, you know, the young girl's talking through the grandma. But then she's like, oh, don't be afraid. Stick your hand in this box. That again is just not explained. And then she's like, the box wasn't there the whole time. It was your fear. And then that's like a thing that happens throughout the movie. But yeah. yet everything is still physical. Everything is physical. Everything is real. If there are rules in this movie, that is still, these are all physical things. These are not mental games that you go, oh, I thought I was being attacked by leaves, but I was just in my bed. No, these are all real things yeah, that Yeah, like that doesn't, it, there's a moment in, the. this is a reference that's in the book Dune. <laughs> <laughs> In the movie, where they do that to him, and it's about that, but then uh-huh. it becomes more of like this guy becomes a very powerful, he mental, he can see the future. This, I'm like, I don't know why the hell they did that what to that him. What that box thing is, what grandma was, yeah. Well, then, and then the little girl, the the, the daughter, granddaughter, uh, randomly just, goes to the mortuary and then disappears after the opening room. the door, seeing a glowing light, never to be seen again. Screen, yeah, and you're like, okay. Will she come back in the end? Is she important? Nope. Just a weird no, scene. Just a weird scene to like create tension. Yeah. It's really funny, like a director going, I've seen, it's almost like you've seen, uh, I need tension. I need to have mystery in a movie. Yeah. Because that creates 
like keeps your audience in your seat, but then it's just like adding it just for that effect rather yeah. than to tell us no big part of the story. No big yeah. scare. <laughs> no like, oh, that's how we could have solved it all along was that box from the, if we have the box, we could fix it. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. nope. Just we'll put some dialogue of him like or him whispering as he's like running away from the the tall man and having weird shit like hands coming out of the mud and getting stuck in mud and all sorts of things. Him just going, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Just like the box. I don't think this is just like the box. Not at all. You're in actual <laughs> physical danger. Like that old woman was just trying to scam me for her money. Uh, you're in danger now. Yeah, you are. You're running away from a physical thing. <laughs> yeah. There's this great bar in the movie that the older brother. Oh, what's the name of the bar again? Dune? Yeah, uh, Dune something. Night Dunes? Oh, oh man, I can't think of it. it. It's a great name for a bar, though. It's gr- there's this, like, such a, a massage... There's such a scene that's, like, uh, probably happens today, but it feels so so captured in the 70s. So the older brother picks up a girl in four seconds. Oh, immediately. Immediately they leave together, go to fool around in the cemetery. The younger brother spying on him. Mm-hmm. He... So he's... The best scene. He comes up for air. The younger brother's screaming through the cemetery. Older brother has a pair of underwear in his teeth. Yes. And goes, with them, it's on his mouth. Like, that's my younger brother. He must be, something must be happening to him. It takes off panties still in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. What an asshole. I immediately was like, and he like throws him aside after he's gotten quite a bit of feet away from her. <laughs> Like we know, like yes, we we as dramatic like uh, whatever it's called dramatic irony. We yeah. know that she is villainous. Yeah, but he doesn't. Oh. You should be treating her nicely. She's yeah. taking you to a few, like she's allowing you to fuck to her, her in a goddamn cemetery. <laughs> so so then he, the next night he comes and then the girl disappears. So he comes back to the bar the next night and this cartoonish uh, bartender with like you know an armband around one yeah. arm like a. And, and a this bow tie that looked like it was like beaded or macrame and yep. he's like that girl in there and he's like no I haven't seen her since last night and he's like well we were hooking up in the cemetery oh, and they really? just share these like ooh like boys will be boys and he literally the line he says to her is so funny he's like ooh got hold of something you couldn't handle <laughs> fuck you too you, mon- you 70s monsters you 70s monsters that's <laughs> like and of course and like I pointed out while we were watching, and of course, like the villain uses a woman to lure a man in. Yeah, it's such like a classic, like misogynistic trope of like, of course, a man will let down his guard for a woman only to get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's the way you get a man. To, mm-hmm. As I used Shoot. the image of a woman, Eve, Lilith, <laughs> Temptress. <laughs> You're like fuck you. Yeah, that's this day and age. Like fuck you guys. <laughs> we're so woke now. We're so woke. <laughs> But in the seventies, we weren't. No. Oh, and and seeing boobs, all the male characters Such are like, whoa! That one moment, <laughs> we see them in the beginning. Yeah, and he's like overwhelmed. Then when the brother, the, oh, who's a grown man, yeah, a grown he's man, he's seen at least four pairs of yeah. boobs at when, least. When he sees her boobs, he says it again. What you just? How you said? He says it like a teenager. <laughs> Looking at him like uh, a hustler for yes, the first the time. Like, oh my god! I found these magazines in the woods. I want you to come look at them. Yeah. You'll never believe what's happening. If you were with a grown woman, she'd be like, "Why the fuck are you saying whoa about yeah, she my?" She would boob. immediately cover up and like, just be like, no, no, "We're no, no. good. No, thank you. <laughs> Please let me leave this cemetery to catch." 
together and return me to the bar stool I made you a found mistake. me on. <laughs> I made a mistake with you. My drink, I left it at the bar. <laughs> is not going to whoa. I got to get back. <laughs> so insane. Oh, it's fantastic. It is. It is like these such, they're just such standout, iconic, like, ch- like moments. Yeah. That you're like, oh, I get why. I get why this movie is known. It's stuck around. Mm-hmm. It's clearly being shown at midnight movies yeah. over time for years. Yeah. It's just like, yep, these moments are going to stand out and st- stick oh. around for the time. But then like, so then they get the whole movie. I'm wondering what's this world? Right. Uh, because there's that moment where we get to these spheres we discussed, which are like, I only got two spheres in this one or one technically. Yeah. It's only one. Same sphere repeated. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it literally is like just creepy because it's very unknown. It's just this flying sphere, which is not normal. I don't and, even and know it, how a sphere and would it's fly. it's done really well. Oh, like, there's very no well. string. I mean, it, it looks like something is, like it's remote control. Like it's so. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't look like matted. It's very well no, done for the 70s. It's very well done. Very well done. But it comes careening because like the kid, his curiosity gets him to go like try to sneak into the mortuary mm-hmm. before. And he sneaks in. He's hiding in a coffin, almost gets caught then by like a henchman of the tall man. Yeah. He sort of looks half dead. He's in very gray tones, even his costuming. That guy gets hold of him. This sphere comes creening at him. Aimed for the little, aim for Mike. Yeah, aim for Mike. Even though like the delay is so funny from this, like just the cutting, you can see like they're just limited in like cutting. So it just looks like the thing goes for. Yeah. (laughs) But... It has those two like knives that pop up, pop out of it, go directly into the fucking guy's head. Then it drills into his head, and then proceeds to like just empty him all his blood. There's a, yeah, the, the the spear has a hole at the back where the blood can just spurt out conveniently. It doesn't have to drip down. Nope, can just 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 shoot right out. Uh, another great thing about that is is for a flash of a second we see a uh, spear vision. Which yes. everything is black and red. It looks like heat vision in a sense. Or yes. like that's how so the ball doesn't have a true target. It's just going. Yeah. It's it's fun. Oh, I found something. It, yep. It's like that's what makes yeah. me go like, no, it wasn't aiming for anything. Yeah. It just wanted to so it just wanted to feast. That's how we know the henchman's uh, human too is he he bleeds red blood. Yes, that's true. His, his blood is red. He isn't like that's what's weird. Yellow blood's it? a thing. Yellow yeah, blood's a thing. Yeah, we yellow haven't discussed. We haven't yellow discussed bl- yellow blood. <laughs> we haven't discussed yellow. We have to discuss yellow blood. The tall man has yellow blood. And that's the first sign is because the after this moment mm-hmm. of this henchman getting killed and also pisses himself oh, and it's, they were very course. graphic with yeah. this, this death gratuitous and he runs then Mike runs from the the tall man again closes a door with his hand the tall man's hand stuck in it something that like you think it would have cut his hand off but it's oh, still no. moving somehow it's still moving and Mike makes for a boy of 13 I think makes a very vicious move <laughs> like I just have to point out like yeah that hand's clearly not getting any closer to Mike. It's no. stuck in that door. It's just moving. It can't reach a lock. It's creepy yeah, enough it's that it's there. moving. Just takes his Bowie knife and decides to cut the fingers off. I personally thought that was very vicious of this boy. But that reveals to us that this hand is not a normal hand. Oh, it's not no. a human hand. It bleeds blood and the fingers move after getting and cut. And the blood is yellow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yellow I don't know why I said blood. bleeds blood. I meant to say bleeds <laughs> yellow blood. <laughs> So he takes a finger home to convince 
Jody. Yes. Something's amiss. I'm not exaggerating. Those things are out to get me. And he opens it up in the box, and Jody sees it moving around, immediately goes, All right, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I'll be honest, the most honest thing I've seen. Yeah. The- in a movie. Like, yeah, like, I'm glad that guy didn't keep questioning it. Yeah. Because sometimes that happens in horror movies. They're like, no, there must be an explanation. Yeah, like, this must be robotics or something. And again, the finger in the box is so well done for the 70s. Like, so well done. It's really moving. But then another turn happens after that. that Again, no rules for this movie. No (laughs) rules. Just anything can happen in Phantasm World. Mm -hmm. That finger... They could. They say, "Let's go show authorities." Like mm-hmm. the one point where they, the only moment where they say, "Let's maybe go talk to police." Let's call the sheriff. Let's let's call. We're out of our league here. Go get your evidence. He goes to get his evidence. The box isn't moving. He's like, "What's going on?" Opens it and it's turned into a giant fly, fly spider, My, yeah, fly Mon- spider black, monster, and it attacks his monster. head. It's so powerful they have to put it in a shirt. So, yeah, he captures it with the shirt, and then there's this fantastic acting oh. exercise between the two of these actors where they've got this imagine. I mean, they've got something captured in a shirt like a bundle, and then are flying around the room and throwing themselves into objects because this bundle is so powerful and obviously it's fighting them at every turn. Oh, to be on set that day and just oh, I, I immediately thought and watch that. John I be like, like, now throw yourself on the left wall. Right this. I like it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> The choice to like show the veracity of like how yes. hard it was is that they like cut to a shot where like great go up against we gotta knock the phone off the like yeah. the hook <laughs> that that shot of them fighting this thing and knocking a phone off the hook is like yeah that's how tough it is <laughs> yeah, I kind of love that choice just, and it's just like in a jean jacket so then they they try to shove it into a garbage disposal and that doesn't do it at all either they think oh it's done well then Reggie shows up this is when he gets involved. He's uh, like, which is hilarious that he answers the door with a question of like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, that's how I greet all of my friends. What's then, going on here? Yeah. Then he sees the spider, gets he knocked gets down. Attacked, he's freaked out. He's freaked out. Yeah. yeah. It's, those moments are just like, I don't know the rules of this world. Anything can what happen in this point. What is that thing? Is, he, is, is the tall man all of those things? But just stat, like, is he like all of those things in a trench coat? What, what, yeah. Again, no explanation. No explanation. Just it's happening. So... The closest, yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, there's, there's one great scene where with yeah. Reggie, so Reggie's ice cream truck is in town and the tall man walks by and uh, the ice cream truck's, the back is open. And, and you see like mist, cold mist coming out. Stops and like takes in the cold. Yeah, because that moment, you, I like, it's so funny that that moment particularly, because you, it's, it's sound wise, it's so fun that scene because mm-hmm. it's like they amplify his yeah. footsteps yeah. to give you oh, sort of an impression of Mike fantastic. oh the whole movie we should talk about the yeah. whole sound in general and at that moment you think that Mike is having an experience with the tall man because you think he's turning to look at Mike but lo and behold he hasn't even turned to look at Mike he's turned to take like put his hands out and take in the coldness he, of the ice cream he truck he needs the cold <laughs> for some reason and then he just Continues yep. on about his day. Yep, I gotta go. <laughs> gotta get back <laughs> to the mortuary. So great. It's a great moment, but you're like, I don't understand why. Well, but okay. Yeah. But it's, a, it's such a fake out because you think, oh, it's he's a total, seen Mike. Yeah, it's, it's a way fake out, and the movie's built on those moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's totally it's totally the director is on point every time. Of like, yeah. this movie is a mystery, and it's gonna be totally weird throughout. 
throughout. Oh, and he never backs down. The director is the director who did Bubba Hotep. Yeah, that's, that's something most people might know him from. Yeah, if that, not I the saw Bubba Hotep when it originally Beastmaster, came out. Yeah, he did Beastmaster as well. I've never seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. Um, but wow. yeah, yeah. There's. Uh, I guess we should the sound in this movie. The, uh, the soundtracks. The soundtrack and the scores, is. You could tell it's been. It's been. Uh, homaged or stolen from a hundred times. Like I kept going, yeah, it follows is clearly yeah. inspired yeah. by this is that movie that this inspired. Yeah. And like these movies, stranger things as much as they talk about like Spielberg and all these others, like this clearly had to be influenced. Those guys had to take a yeah. lot from this. Oh, it's, it's jarring. And, and the mix, when they're in the mortuary, every step is a step. It's yeah. so, even on the sidewalk, it's like there's weight to mm-hmm. the tall, Man, yes. it's so good. I loved, I loved all the sound yeah. effects and the, the what they built into it, and then they like the clearly they like synthesizer soundtrack, yeah. beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. I loved ever, I loved all of the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, it's one where I will literally, I will take this soundtrack and add it to my my Spotify cinema playlist. Ooh. I'll immediately add it to awesome. it. Awesome to have it in there, so it will just when yeah. I'm doing shuffle, it will replay through. Um. 100% on board with this soundtrack. Way it's to go. So, yeah. And the mixing just adds so much yeah, to it. Like, I agree. I, 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 that's funny. We say that about the mixing. Like, there's a moment where he, like, there's moments of, like, them running or, like, they're really empty moments if you pull the sound out. You'll just be like, all right. Uh, well, that, it's a wasted but, shot. But with the, everything added, you go, yep. This builds yeah. this builds the whole feel and tone yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Like, it really is a testament to, like, the sound that, that that makes this movie stand out yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's great. Um, I mean, I think as a as a young viewer, I was not sophisticated at all to any, but I, but the sound, I mean, scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, I, yeah. Like it stuck out, stuck out in my mind that I was like, whoa. And it's such a bold, it's just such bold strokes yeah. within the sound. Oh, they take big swings and yeah. they pay off. They really do. Yeah. I would 100% agree with that for like, yeah. It's it, that if anything, if you don't walk away that stuck with you, then I'm like, well, you didn't watch the movie then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so back to the logic of this movie. Oh yeah. Once they get to the room that has these giant two poles in it, oh, and by okay. the way, there's this random scene in the movie when we were introduced to Reggie being an ice cream man. It's when our main character Jody's sitting on the porch with his Rolling Stones t-shirt playing guitar. Just a picking and a grinning. Yeah, and he's just playing with his amp. Oh, then oh. Reggie walks up, pulls out his acoustic, and just starts jamming out to him like a song they've you know they've known for years. But then they do a real <laughs> after they're done jamming, it's like, oh I should tune my guitar. Pulls out a pitch a little <laughs> tuning fork. And they do a very, very Heavy-handed, heavy-handed <laughs> close-up on him putting his two fingers, his index, and his middle finger on the, that tune and fork. Ooh. But it called back when they walk into this room and Reggie's looking at. He's alone. He's a, a, a they Kub- randomly end up. He ends up alone again. A, Kub- a Kubrickian uh, solid white room yes. with stacks on stacks on stacks of barrels, black full barrels, of black barrels of that we learn are these shrunken corpse dwarfs, and then just. Like a giant two prod tuning yeah. fork. Yeah, the, these two prods that are just standing in the middle of it. Yeah, and we discover two things. Like one, so uh, Mike 
puts his hand into it, which is another reference to the black box, but doesn't make sense. Nope. Because it's like, it's just in your mind. But I'm like, no, he's, no, he's literally putting his hand and into being, another reality. And being pulled. Yes. Being pulled a little bit in. And he goes into this, this between these two prongs, into another world that's all in red, and it shows like a, like almost a po- apocalyptic landscape of just like flat Mars land. or a poke, yes. post-apocalyptic. Just and and it's the the like you said the, the evil little job Jawas <laughs> are like you don't even know what the fuck they're doing other they're than they're dealing with barrels. They're just moving the barrels along, it, like yeah. like ants. They're like slave ants moving. Yeah. The barrels along, but for no purpose, to and you, no, like... And be, I, want, I want whoever hasn't seen this listening to this, this doesn't inform us of fucking anything no, other than... It's just anything. another question of, like, where the fuck is this? What is this What world? are they doing? And as as Mike is witnessing, he gets pulled back out by Jody and immediately puts it all together. Yeah. And I don't know how. Mike knows, oh, I get it. They're slaves. Yes. But for what? Like, there's an episode of Rick and Morty where Rick creates a whole universe to power his car. Yeah. He tricks a whole society that doing, moving, you know, stepping on pedals is the way to survive, like, to power their world. Meanwhile, that's just the engine to his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you don't have, like, that's a great... That's so funny and great, so and funny, great. it's a fun like oh, explanation. Here's to this why book. his car works. But we, we have no idea. Like, they're pulling, they're slaves. They're I know they're slaves. slaves. I don't know. How do you know that? Because one, they're too, like naming them slaves. I'm like, well, then why the hell do they keep fighting everybody? Why are if they anything, so they're slaves? Or they want to get this observer. Yeah, and it's like okay, oh, guess we're and immediately Reggie's like, yeah, like on board. Oh, yeah, J- Reggie has this like hand like. Yeah, that's it. Like a handshake. Like I should have figured it out. You know, like when you figure yes. out who it was in Clue, you're like, ah, I missed it. Like Reggie has this, his hand acting stands out. Oh God, he's a great hand actor. <laughs> he's a great hand actor. Anybody that is an Apple commercial should watch Reggie's oh, hand, yeah. hand hand work, <laughs> just to like enhance those Apple commercials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then randomness happens. It blacks out. They end up getting transported to other parts of the. Like oh yeah, Jody the tall man and, disrupts it, and then Jody and Mike end up outside for no random reason. You think you think Mike's attacked by one of the dwarves, but he's not. They're safe, but they're just outside. Reggie's alone in the room, looks at these two prods. We do a quick flash to him, close up again, touching his <laughs> to remind to, you, you remind us that you've seen this. Somewhere. You get it, audience. You're on the same page. <laughs> of you get what we're going. Yeah. Goes up and touches both of them. It just caught. It stops. It stops the tall man as his lady form from stabbing Jody. Yeah. So it disrupts everything, causes everything to start getting sucked into this other world. Yeah. Which, so you think, oh no, Reggie's going to be sucked into slave world. No, he pulls himself out of that white Reggie's room. Reggie's so strong from slinging ice cream all these years. He's not going to get sucked in and not explain anything to us further. <laughs> so then he gets free, but then he's stabbed by the lady. Yeah. Because he tries to help her. That becomes the tall man again. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Then, so it's already, it's okay, going so, to, like, I think we're going to 10 at this point. I think, I'm, I think we're watching the movie. I think we're going into a poltergeist moment where they, the, the thing eats oh, itself. Right. Which you sort of are led to believe. You literally. This house is some, it, something like, special is going on there. Something's lighting up. Yeah. It, it go, and then, like, as they're driving away, Jody and 
because they leave Reggie to die from his his stab wound. They're like he's dead anyway. He's dead. They drive away. And they it, don't even the, see him get stabbed. Yeah, they, they don't just go, either. He's dead. 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 We're done. <laughs> Our loyalty is cut. The 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 mortuary like lights up with colors and we think it's like gone. But then they're like sitting outside their house and he's like we're making a plan. We got to get this guy. It, but gotta, the older brother says, "You know yeah. how?" And it's like, "No, we." So he he. <laughs> Yep, go on. There's this uh, thousand foot mine shaft that's all walled up at the edge of the creek. But he says, you know how this is? Like, like that's a place we've seen in the movie. Or he's been like, hey, little brother, never play there because it's dangerous. Right. You know, there's no context. Nope. But just, you know no. how there's this. We got to lure him there and then push him down. Down back to hell. It's fate. You're like... Okay. okay. As a viewer, if you don't just decide to like, you just trust that like, yeah, you figured it out for no, I don't know how, but you figured it be out. Be on board. You're off. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then like, they don't really. Sit. All that they do is like lure him. There's not really more planning other than that. Other than oh. here, I'm gonna go put canvas and disguise the little mine shaft. Yeah. The kid gets inside and then. He's closing the windows, and you're not even thinking he's thinking of the plan. Next thing you know, the tall man's at the window. Tall man. A great shot, though, when he, like, with his mystical powers, knocks in a door, the back door. Yeah. The, and he's just standing there and goes, boy! Oh! Great yeah. moment. Yeah. Visually, everything is cool in that. And then chases him. Does exactly what the plan they set up. Yeah. Chases but him. But they're all on foot. The boy and the tall man are on foot. Yeah, so you don't know the how the hell they got How are they the getting so... How did they get to that mine so fast? The boy's a fast runner. And then the mine is like, not like in my, my in my mind, Yeah, I thought the mine would be like a cave you go into and they'd have to... No. no the mine is just like a path in the middle of a trail a perfectly square hole in the ground. And the way we see, we know we're at the mine is there's just like the sign has been just pushed away yeah. and it's covered with leaves so it's like oh no the tall man can't see it <laughs> so but you don't know there's no like sig- so so <clears throat> he somehow like it's like a cartoon where they've put like a camouflage blanket over yes. the square and the tall man falls oh. in hand still grabbing yep. Mike's foot oh. I'm bringing you with me you think he's gonna just fall we're done nope nope Rocks are falling from the boulders. boulders. Like not, Indiana yeah, Jones. Indiana like. Jones bowl, size boulders <laughs> roll perfectly into this hole, which are weirdly, from like the way it's shot, gives you the impression that they're coming, in a sense, from right behind Mike, who just got at... Right, right. Yeah, it was like disorienting. Yeah. And you're like, they roll down, perfectly fill in this little perfect square. Yeah, Mike's foot gets free at just the last second. Boulders. Joey triumphantly shows him from the top that, like, we did it! We did it! And it's like, he, so he clearly knocked those boulders down. How... But How do you move all that heavy Was boulders? there a signal that, like, hey, I'm all clear, Let brother, me tell my foot's not amputated? Let me tell you how. Because what we're going to cut to next is Mike in front of a fireplace, a very romantic fireplace burning yeah. next to Reggie, who's now in a real comfy flannel, flannel next to him in a very intimate, the second intimate shot between an older man and Mike. Yeah. It's all been a dream. <gasps> it's all been a dream. He's just been relaying it to Reggie about he's got to clear those boulders because he's going to get out. What happened to Jody? What happened? And... Yeah, what happened to Jody? Jody died in a car oh, accident. That's what Reggie tells me. He's like, you're just a dream man. It's We're all a having a hard time. First your parents, then Jody. 
It's a dream, man. You're just having... This is just way if you're dealing with your grief. It's like you believe this tall man took them, but really he just died. Hey, man, you know what we got to do? We just got to get out of here. Let's go on the road for a couple weeks. I'll take my truck. My ice cream truck. He doesn't say ice cream truck, but that's implied. Because he's an ice cream man. Because <laughs> that's what you can do. An ice cream truck, you just, you just take He'll it He'll just drive. work on the road. Yeah, he's work got on ice the cream road. for days. That's a movie. There's a movie. There's a movie in there with a kid going away with an ice cream man and I hit the road. That's another movie I want to well, see. We should write. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk later. Right, we'll, we'll outline it. Yeah, yeah. right. And they're like, let's go. And he's like, hey, man, I can't. It's such an. It's so disturbing to me how intimate it is. And yeah. I get they're not going for anything sexual. No, but, it, it, but when you watch the, it, it is it is in, intimate. It's, it's not sexual. It's intimate. Yeah, just the way that the shot is tight. Yeah. There's a fire burning behind them. It's like a romantic feel. The, like the closeness of when he tells the him, embrace. like, I know there's an embrace. And he's telling him, I know that I can't replace Jody, but I'll try. Like, you're like, holy, holy shit. shit. This is heavy shit yeah. and then he's like yeah let's get out of here goes up to his room starts pat- getting his stuff together finds a, a hilarious picture of Jody holding his guitar with a dog a little, a little cute white dog a little white dog that we didn't know existed it's <laughs> no, never no, no. been a part of a movie but uh, a big part of their lives apparently to have it in that photograph Oh, gets ready closes his closet door that has a, a tall mirror in it who's there who's in the mirror Erica the tall man. <gasps> oh, and he says, boy. boy. And he sucks him in. Yep. The, the glass breaks out. Hands go, grab him. He gets pulled in. End of movie. We spoiled it for you. Can but, we explain it? I cannot. More questions. I was. A character we completely neglected. At no point in the movie is this ever addressed, but for seven seconds on screen, Reggie, they're they're at the boys' house, and Reggie and a black maid have. A, oh, we didn't a, talk about black maid. She just comes on screen and is like, For, she literally is used as a device to scare us. She is the equivalent of almost every horror movie would have done this with a cat. They would have thrown yeah. a cat out yeah. to be like, ooh, oh, cat. Yeah. But this movie decided, you know, it's better than a cat. Black maid will be our scare. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, you boys up again. You know, it's just like no. We have not met her. We weren't known. Like, well, the housekeeper's here, at least. How the hell are they affording? I, the whole movie, I kept thinking, like, for two people that have dead parents, and he left town and came back, how the hell is Mike keeping this house that looks like yeah. is bigger than anybody could live in by themselves? Yeah. Well, we found out by this quick black maid entrance to scare you. Fantastic. Fantastic. <sighs> the one black casting in this movie is a black maid. Let's just... Let's just sit in that for a minute. Did you look up her IMBD? I, I, I will. Uh, let's look that up because I just want to see if she worked beyond this. Like, how I many hope times? she had a, like a, a. God, I hope she got rich. I hope she was. I hope there's a. Q, I hope at least somewhere in the, there's a Q and A that just with her for this movie. I'll I'll watch it all day long. Because um, I would love to just get her experience. Uh, what was it like being on set for 20 minutes? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Oh, I sat around for fucking 14 hours. They amazed me. <laughs> oh, oh man. So funny. Again, it's it's such a iconic... Visually, it's iconic in so many places. Um, the woman uh, that, that keeps being the temptress is just called uh, Woman in Lavender. Myrtle oh. Scott. Myrtle Scott is Myrtle the Scott. maid's name. Maid's name. Um, and she was known for Phantasm and how many credits? Phantasm, one credit. Phantasm's it. Phantasm. 
Maid. Do you think she was a real? I think then I'm, I'm going to guess Myrtle Scotton, real maid, real <laughs> maid. They just used for that moment. I, that's my that's my guess. She oh. was an actual maid in the seventies. Thought it was a blast. They knew yeah. her. We want to be yeah. in this moment. She had a blast. I think that was probably a highlight for and her. And she probably tells her grandkids. Oh hell I yeah! I worked on this set. It was so fun. Oh yeah, that for was sure. it. Great. Love Fantastic. It. I probably love maybe that. even the house they were they were using to shoot. She really was the she maid in that house. She just worked, and they were like, you know, the director's we need like, this, I we have need an this idea. Kid. We couldn't get a black cat. Will you be our black cat for this moment? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Great. Way to go, Myrtle. Um, so, I don't know how else. I don't know. I, okay, I have to ask this. Yeah. Before we move, before we wrap up. Does the two following movies explain anything in more detail? Yes. And it's more of the same, but you get a lot more. And it's more. It explains what the world is. Uh, yeah, like that. Explains what the, the other world planet, is. Because literally, Mike's like, they're alien. They're from another planet. And that's what they're doing. They're slaves for this other planet. But that's it. But I'm like, I don't know how you. Yeah. Again, you I'm you just describe like, this as like act one. Yes. Of a trilogy. So I think there's like four. That drives me nuts, by the way. Yeah. That I get a B movie could get away with it, but it drives me nuts a whole movie that's an act one. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I want this movie to have its own act structure, and I'm fine if it's act one of a bigger, but mm-hmm. it's like this movie should still have its own fucking right. you- information and resolution, and it drives me nuts. It's like unbreakable. Which I think, again, I'm not going to get into Mom, M. Night Shyamalan because I could rant about how I just he drives me crazy as a filmmaker. But that movie is a great premise, but I hate that it's a one act. Right. That it's like he knew he's like he, he's, he went into it going, I'm going to make a trilogy. But it's like you made your you, you can't build it. You can't just trust that we're all going to love that. And w- go see more. More. Yeah. You got to build a that movie's got to work on its own. Yeah. Then we can build it. Even if you pre-plan a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it gets into it more, and there's amazing. Okay. Um, there's an amazing scene. Like there's just there's more orbs. There's more car chases. Great. There's more boobies. Of uh, course. Why? Why would you? Why want would ex- there be? Uh, there's exploding house. I mean, there's Great. there's more and more. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I would say this. You might have to come back and. Oh, I, I mean, would love if, to. And we'll have to like continue the trilogy together. Yeah. I would I think love that to. Might, that might be it. Yeah, that might. Have I'll to even happen. bring in what I can find from Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, that'd be fun. Analysis because there's be so there's fun. clips online here and there, and there's like a quote. One of the quotes is is one of his tallies, like about, and it's Phantasm Two that he does the tally for. Ooh, yeah, love it. It's great. Great. Um, before we officially wrap it up, I'm, I have a question for you, Erica. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? I think I covered I, as, uh, what I'm capable of uh, covering my, of my experience of watching this movie for the first time. Yeah, I think we hit it pretty well. Great. Um, my podcast that we're on, of course, is about how I will watch anything once. Yeah. My question for you, though, are there movies, a genre, type of movies, anything that you tend to avoid to, to be like no no thanks not for me yeah uh, romantic romantic movies I tend to be like ugh is that mean in general just yeah. any romantic movie or do you mean rom-com in specific or see just I'll almost watch romantic. a rom-com over a romance because give me an of, example um, so like uh, of uh, one of that would fall uh, into that like I haven't watched any of the before the before sunset the before trilogies I tried to watch once and I love Irishman, I love folk singers. Okay. This seems like a movie made for me by everyone that's like, you're going to love this movie. Okay. And I got through like 
half of it. And I was like, I, I can't. Do you I, know that's not a romance? It's a romance, but it doesn't end like... It does. It's not like I a love story. It. Okay. It's not a love story. Well, I think I would try to. I would. I'm, yeah. I mean, you don't have to change your mind at yeah. all. I would say try to finish once because it's not a. It's not in the end a love story. Okay. It's actually, I think, it's a movie where I think it's very why I like it a lot mm-hmm. is because it's a story about like you can have two, especially for a man and a woman, they can have a fucking experience together that you might have these this in-depth intimacy but it doesn't have to go well now we have to be together yeah or that's not that's just yeah. not going to turn out that way but you're going to have a great experience together all right makes sense? i'll give it a second so i would try. say give it a second chance uh, like, but with but, him i just love that i love, love the movie i love before I, I love that trilogy see and and and, and that to me is boyfriend like, loves it too and he's like you will love this and i'm, I'm not, like i don't know if you i will. don't <laughs> think i will like i like there's something about a movie i'm so often been so like, is there is there why? one that you have seen so right now we're, we're talking about yeah. two we since have talked about two or four movies and it says that you have seen i don't think i'm gonna like yeah that doesn't give me a real clear idea sure, of the romance sure. that why is there a movie you have seen that sort of set that up for you. Like, you're like, this movie is the romance movie that I don't like. This is what I think that's going to be, so don't thank you. What is that? I is there one at I all? I can't think of a specific example. I just, like, there's something about love stories in most movies, and I'm like, no thanks. Can we just either have a car chase? Why no thanks? It just never feels authentic. Like, that's okay. not what love is. Like, having been, being like a love addict, I love to be in love. Uh-huh. I Like, I am like probably a love addict like uh, that is so important to me to have that with someone okay. if, if it's like when I decide on something it's like oh I've decided we'll be in love we're not in love yet but like I have decided you are the person that I can uh, fall in love yeah. with and we you will fall in love with me oh, like, wow no it's psychotic um yeah. but it's like and, ev- and eventually most of the time it works out but it's like I'm I take my shots pretty sparingly okay. and it feels like in movies there's just this there's a sense of love and I think so many people learn love the wrong way from the way it's represented on screen and television I'm like no love is like hard sometimes like love is work and love is hard and love is love is patience with someone and it's not love this love is hard love is hard and that's okay but like love no, is hard it is. and it's not what it sees and so many people hold themselves up like if they haven't been in a relationship or a lot of relationships are like oh I'm doing it wrong or I'm going about getting women the wrong oh, way or men I, the wrong way I'm I like, thought that until I thought that for a long time until I started dating yeah. officially like dating in LA like giving it a try yeah, so, yeah and then it's just like no man that's not how it is I'm like my you know my parents have been married over 30 years and they love each other so much but I'm like that's what love is like love is my grandparents love is this love is my aunt and uncle love is my two divorced aunt and uncles that are still friends or what you know whatever it is love has so many colors so many colors and I don't feel like it's ever done right on screen well yeah and I think there's a lot of things that are hard to do on film any kind of experience like that a universal experience that's why I don't like um, when movies sort of have a title that that it is this is an example, and it's weirdly it's the same director of mm-hmm. that before trilogy, which mm-hmm. is a movie. Those movies I love, yeah. And I'll, I want to come back to it in just a moment. But his movie Boyhood, I don't like. And there's a part of me why I don't like it is, and this is me just being very dumb about this. Sure. But it's just is that it's called Boyhood, and therefore I feel like it gives this thing of like universally saying this is Boyhood. Yeah. And I watch that movie. And I'm like, no, I. You're this this experience you're presenting mm-hmm. nowhere near for me. 
of my experience. Mm-hmm. And really that puts me in a position where I'm like, fuck this movie to try to say that this is what boyhood is. Yeah. Because to me, I'm like, no, this is one experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I had that similarly with another movie uh, that a lot of people talked about this year. Like. Lobster. lobster. Did you see the lobster? Yes. Right so a lot of people came out of that movie feeling very depressed about like that's God. That's what love is. That's what like relationships. And I walked away going like I don't I don't I'm not depressed by this movie. I think this is one director, one writer director's point of view of it. Yeah. I find that point of view very intriguing. Yeah. I find tr- I can find sort of n- like nuggets of like oh I get that I get this. I don't walk away going like damn that's what it is or that's he's yeah i go away from it going oh that's one guy's like take on his that's him expressing his experience through this story can i say i loved rogue one i think they told a love story and they told it in such a great way because it wasn't we're together it wasn't we i love you like i think the ending of rogue one was one of the best love stories because it's like we had a purpose. We did. We, we had an did, experience. We, had we an shared experience. this. Experience. Yes. Yeah. Love can come in that form. And it's like I, the fact that they didn't kiss. I was like, thank you. Yeah. That's why I like. Thank you. I like. I 100 agree with you on that too because that's why I liked the fourth Mission Impossible so much. Yeah. Because the it was like great. You didn't have to fall. Those two didn't fall. They found they found a great solid structure of a friendship by the end and yeah. they hugged each other at the end and you're like yeah you went through this fucking shit you together this shit. Yeah. But you didn't kid- there was no way you fell in love during that right. <laughs> and they didn't right whereas then I watched Spectre and uh. I was like that character fell in love with James Bond I'm like no you are psychotic because no one falls in love with this yeah you're insane you have a, you have an issue you need to go talk to someone yeah. about because you should not fall well, in love with this what, man that's in, what a lot of, within hours a love on movies is it's like I'm I like, agree that's a disorder you have a personality disorder and you are I agree but so, this is why I will say I do I think what you just explained to me of what you think movies normally don't show I would say that I think that the trilogy of before, before sun, before sunrise, before sunset, sunset. and then before midnight, midnight, yeah, midnight? yeah, does is I don't think it's the experience, but because that movie's not labeled as like marriage, if that movie was labeled marriage or like oh yeah yeah like, like if it was like eighty marriage and the, yeah because it's like or like how would it be like falling in love the first one falling in love and the second one's like uh re falling in love again and then like m- love in marriage mm-hmm. love in marriage i'd be like fuck you yeah because you're trying to tell me that's exactly what it is but before because it's like the titles are just saying this is one experience right. that's why i think it's a great representation of things that you might in life recognize and I don't personally don't think that they're making Rich, Richard Linklater is not making a huge statement of saying this is what these are it's just like hey this is I'm just we're telling we're decided to try to tell a story that might be parallel to experiences you would f- with love in life yeah I think that trilogy is great in that. I, I so told I, would I need say, to watch it I would say yeah. give it a ch- I'm just okay. You don't have to. You could say, you could no, walk I, out of here it's been and be like, strongly recommended Dump. on multiple fronts. Just for the because I do think of what you're saying, those get pretty close. You know what my favorite my favorite story within Love Actually is is Alan Rickman's story. Yeah, because that's the truth. That's yeah. That's the truth of like, and I don't really love that movie like everybody else. It's it's campy fun. Yeah, yeah. there's some of it. I'm just like like the one where the guy 
that everyone loves where he is the Kira Knightley one is it's to me it's psycho- gross it's, it's gross. gross and psychotic when you re- and yeah. she rewards him with a kiss and you should not no that's a this is a toxic friendship and unfortunately we are no longer going to that's involve ourselves truth. with him that's the truth of yeah. that one but the truth because it just has too much fairy taleness to it mm-hmm. whereas like the one with the guy from uh the guy from the office, the porn, the porn storyline. It's like, yeah, it has a little bit of magical that you can like believe. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, it's a neat, oh, cute, cute. And a weird, yeah. fucking hilarious. But then the Alan Rickman, I agree with you. It's like, yeah, you, you, it's like love that really like, shit, love can fucking find its way in a dark place, yeah. and you lose it. Yeah, but and, we're still together in this sense of duty and stuff. Yeah, way. and that's, that's it's that, what is. What is she gonna, you know? What is she gonna do after? For sure, I am. Um, I agree I'm, with that. It's a very truthful. Like, I would watch a movie about them. I would falling apart in a way. You know what I mean? Or oh, whatever. 100%. Their ups and downs. It's very like authentic. Thing. Yeah, very authentic. Yeah. Laura Linney's is pretty. Oh, hers is is devastating. Devastating. Because you the, just, you just. I just want to yell at her. Like, stop! Your brother's a. F- don't. You, yeah. sh- you need to like it's like a thing that I've learned you're like you're holding each other back yeah and it's like a thing of like when I start doing meditation and stuff and mm-hmm. talking like I remember like a one in dimension she's like hey you can like make a boundary where you're like hey I love you I do- can't ask you to change but I do have the choice of you can't come in my house and that's what all I want like you just want like Laura Lady's character to be like don't let him in your life anymore you can it turn doesn't mean you don't care off. you go but- visit him yeah. Don't answer that phone. It's how, devastating. How freeing are boundaries? How freeing is that to 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 learn that you can do that? I yeah. didn't know you could do that. Oh, I haven't. I'm learning it now. Yeah. In the last year of like that. Oh, I like I can be assertive towards my own well being by doing that. Yeah. It's pretty pretty rewarding. Yeah. When you do it, and it, it's hard sometimes to put it up because you're like, this is going to change a lot. For sure. And you're going to lose something, but sometimes you don't know what you're going to gain by doing. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great though. Yeah, I don't know other example because I think you're right. There's a lot of romance in movies that drives me crazy because a lot of people. This is one that's maybe controversial. Devils where devil the devil wears Prada has moments in it that drive me crazy. Oh, Adrian the, Garnier's attitudes towards her is yeah. monstrous and it's never called out. And at the very end, when they're in the diner having the conversation about how like he like gives her such a hard time, yeah. and she's so willing to like just give like then I will drop this and go follow and I'm like I can't I'm not but that conversation when I first saw that movie was like horrific to me yeah because everybody thinks like no this is what love is and I'm like no that's not love that's manipulation yeah there's a difference <laughs> which I think and as much as controversial as this director is now Woody Allen's take on it and Annie Hall is brilliant how much Alvy's character his character is just manipulative mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's like you're just like by the end you're like oh my god that's a great manipulation is such is how a lot of love is shown yeah well yeah it's it's how not only shown i think we i would say being somebody that i think i've allowed manipulation to be in my life in relationships that i think are like oh these are great relationships but i've allowed people Mm -hmm. to manipulate me even if they don't even think even if they're not even aware of their manipulation i'm friends with a lot of musicians I work in music, uh-huh. and I've definitely had friendships where it's like, "Oh, girl, you've been snowed for ten years." <laughs> yeah. 
oh, I have been manipulated for long oh, periods of time. Oh, you love yourself. Oh, for sure. sure. I love myself because it's, it's fun. Oh, it's fun yeah. to hang with the rock it's, stars. Or it's even easy. It's just easy it's to easy. be manipulated. This is, I know or the go rules. Along. Here are the rules. Uh, the, yeah. You, you oh. give. Yeah. When you finally wake up to it. And you're like, no, nah, man. I, well, you know, it's weird. Like when you wake up to that, you're not mad at the person. When you really oh, truthfully wake up right, to it, you go, um, well, what the fuck did I, why did I do that to myself? Why did I do that to myself? Yeah. You're never, I've like, the, every time I've been really truthfully waking up to mm-hmm. it, I'm like, oh, I'm not mad at you. You didn't, you were just doing you. Yeah. I'm and the and this is the way the world is and allowed the, for you. Yeah. And I should have, yeah, it's, it's tough. Fair. It's tough. I've I grown agree. up a lot in the last two years, I feel like, as far as like, oh, realizing that stuff. Me I mean, too. you grow I'm still, all the time. I'm still doing oh, it. Oh, I'm not by any means evolved or woke, but, but I'm, I am, I am getting there. I am. For sure. Realizing stuff. It's yeah. all part of life. You have, well, probably like 10 years, 30 years from now, oh, yeah. I'll be like, well, hopefully I make it that far and we'll be like, <sighs> oh, another, I'll probably learn it again. Yeah. And I, I watch movies differently now. Oh, and, yeah. And I like everything. different things. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Get older. It's my only advice. We're all scared of it. The I'm alternatives. Like, cool. Let's see what's around the corner. Terrible. Get older. You know? You're, you can't stop it. <laughs> it's like Carrie Fisher said, I love, like, she has a joke about, how people, um, when she, like, when, when she started having, like, coming out and, like, talking about her, like, problems with and stuff, mm-hmm. and just people start making a way, like, she hasn't aged, like, well. And she's like, fuck you. I loved her approach to it, because she's like, fuck you. Yeah. A, like, the only reason, I can't, I'm gonna butcher this quote, but there's a quote of, like, her talking about how, like, it's easy to be young. Yeah. So you don't have to work at it. But ever, that's going to go away. Yeah. How can you attack me for aging? Like, yeah. And I, 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 I I'm butchering it, but I love her, like, I know her take mean. on it. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, yeah we're all going to, like, <laughs> youth yeah. is, you don't do it. It's not, you don't work at it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I couldn't imagine being 20 again. Yeah. As much as I thought I was the, the coolest, best, smartest, like, oh, not me. I'm not like a normal 20. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I wouldn't. We all were. You I all were monsters. couldn't imagine being 20 again. It's the only way you can acknowledge a young kid as a monster is because you were that. You were that. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, this has been awesome. This is great. No, thanks, uh, Erica. Thanks for spending the time and, and introducing me to Phantasm. Um, I will definitely have you back Please. to watch the trilogy. Or, and yeah. Yeah. If I you want, love... I don't want to force oh, you because maybe you pick something to. else. But yeah. it's, if it's a trilogy, let's walk through it. Yeah. Together. Great. Uh, uh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. from Erica Curry. You can follow her on Twitter at Gilly Gal. Also, she has a podcast that's wonderful that you can listen to called And God Created Podcast. Definitely check that out. As well as you can see her doing live comedy and hosting in Los Angeles at the Packed Theater. She will be at the Scramble every Sunday, noon to 2 p.m. at the Pack Theater. As well as she'll be TBT late night host on October 13th. Again, that is at the Pack Theater. Definitely check her out. 
And if you like what you heard, you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at IWWAO. And you can contact us about movies we should watch on I will, at I will watch anything once at gmail.com. You can subscribe on iTunes and also rate and review us. Thank you again for listening. And remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. though two salads yeah because like i'm trying to i mean in the last little bit i'm not i'm not doing that kind of yeah good job at being healthy but two salads this has been a boardwalk audio podcast for more information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now